Hey, this is Zena Jones, and you are listening to the Brave AF podcast, where we talk about all things mindset, having your own back, and doing brave shit. Hey friends, we have got an incredible guest chat, let's say today. So if you remember Charlie, my friend's experiment success story, my good friend who is a an emotional strength and trauma coach, she's a fellow Kiwi living here in New Zealand, we hang out all the time, we decided to have a really cool conversation and let you guys in on our conversation basically. So you might remember a couple of weeks back where I shared my own experience with jealousy and comparison, and it was in regards to something that Charlie had shared. So we talk about that. We talk about comparison. We talk about jealousy. But what we also spend a lot of time talking about is validation, self-validation versus external validation and how that kind of gets murky and muddy and why. And we're also talking about shame. So there's quite a bit of conversation around shame and, you know, how we judge others and how we often shame other people because of, you know, the upbringing and so forth that we have had. Now, we started talking and I just decided we needed to hit record and document it because we we were just like covering so many things. I was like, no, 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 let's just start. Anyway, we we start mid-conversation and then we introduce her and kind of go from there. Okay, so you literally are getting to listen in to the kind of conversation that my friend Charlie and I have. And I know you guys are going to get a ton of value because when I went to listen back to check the audio quality, which isn't my favorite, but it's so good that it's okay. I think I'm pretty clear and she was just a little bit muffled, but we're going to work on it for next time. But when I went back to listen to that audio quality, I was just like, whoa, I need to write this shit down. Damn. So I was pretty happy with some of the things we were talking about. It is pretty awesome. So enjoy this conversation and make sure that you go listen right through to the end and check out the show notes for where you can go and hang out with Charlie. Okay, before we dive in though, I thought of something I wanted to share with you that I really admired in someone else yesterday. And that was, so my dad came over and he had coffee with me yesterday morning before I started work. And he sometimes parks parks at the neighbors, which is a church, right? He'll park in the church because there's heaps of space. And so he did that. And apparently him and the owner of the church had this massive argument and the guy at the church told him to move. Anyway, so my dad like parks in our driveway and I walked out to meet him and he yells at this guy at the church, have a great day, mate. And I was like, what? And he's like, did you not just see the fuss? And I was like, oh, okay. Anyway, they had this massive argument about it. And the guy at the church was like yelling something back. I didn't hear what. Anyway, dad comes in, has his coffee, off he goes. And then there's this knock at the door like an hour later and the guy who runs the church with his wife has come over and he is apologizing and he's like look I just wanted to say I was a total dick this morning and the man that was here earlier and I said oh yeah that's my dad he said is he here I said no he said I just really want to apologize I said I'm normally not like that and I'm so sorry I think that was completely uncalled for and you know I've just had a really bad day and a bad week and he went on for like a good five minutes and he was just like very humble and very apologetic and it was like a really beautiful thing 
that he did that because he didn't have to and we've never been particularly friendly with them like every now and again you see them and he might wave more at my partner but he doesn't really acknowledge me we haven't met officially like I don't know Mm. but I just thought you could tell that he was quite emotional in coming over to apologize and that he really genuinely meant it and like I phoned my dad later and I told him and I thought you know what that's not an easy thing to do and I really admired that it's beautiful all right interesting yeah and good and like we've said before when we've talked about easy choices and not easy choices and it's if it's not an easy choice but it's a really brave choice Mm. like he could have just not yeah exactly how beautiful that he did yeah right like it would have been easy for him not to I think it was Mm. the harder choice and the more courageous choice to come over here and do that that brings up a really good point around like values right like you can tell for him, I would say that one of his strong values is probably perhaps integrity or or authenticity or something like that, where, you know, like maybe it's it's kindness even. And and that was, you know, like I, I it felt mm. like to me he had rubbed against his values the wrong way and was out of integrity for him. So he came over and therefore apologized. Yeah, I think it's really beautiful. And we actually do not see enough of that shit in society, do we? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Good on him. Yeah. I really like I really admired that. And it made me think, like, shit, I am not good at doing that. Like I am mm. so stubborn. <laughs> like because mm. he could have been in the right as well. I mean, who knows? Yeah. Who cares? I mean, We're it's, not gonna get into the rights and wrongs. But yeah, at the totally. end of the day, yeah. It's pretty yeah. cool. And yeah. yeah. How did your dad respond when you rang him? He was like, oh, I think he said something like, oh, wow, huh, that was really big of him. Like, that's not an easy mm. thing to do. So yeah. I think although he was a bit like still a miffed at this guy, he he did appreciate that. Um, yeah, yeah, so, and I think it'll sink in for him, like, because he is not one to apologize. That's probably where I get my stubbornness from. Like, Jesus, it takes like weeks, months, years for him to apologize <laughs> if he's done something wrong, if ever, kind of thing. But um. Yeah, I thought that that was really beautiful. Mm. Mm, I love that. Do you know what's random? Mm. Is that I've got my little, what we call the Bible next to me, you know, the Atlas oh, of the Heart yeah. by Brene Brown. Hell and it yeah. just happens to be open on a page called Humility. Oh, so how yes. interesting that you just share this, the story that you learned. Your opening line was literally about it being humble. And I'm sitting yeah. here on the Humility chapter. Yeah. Oh, there so is- beautiful. Yeah, there is a quote in there that I actually shared on the episode I I released last week. Uh, no, sorry, the week before, number 203 around comparison and jealousy, right? And I shared, mm. I've shared this story with you because I asked you if I could share it on the podcast about um, how, you know, I saw some of your social media and immediately felt jealous and then found myself com- comparing to somebody that you'd interacted with. Mm. But it was... And through that interaction that I got super curious about the experience and shared it with you. And then I went into that book and I happened to fall upon the page of humility as well. And I can't remember the exact definition that she used about being right. You might see it in there, but it was like, the goal is not to be right. It is to get it right. Something like that. Yeah. Is that it? Um, Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I'm here to get it right, not to be right. Yeah. Yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I thought that was beautiful. And yeah, yeah. how humble is that? Yeah. <laughs> we need that in a lot of offices around everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. It's I actually think... okay to not get it right, you know? Yeah. And it's okay for your, you know, the church guy next door to your house to have a day where he's been a dick. Like he's human, shit's gonna yeah. happen. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it's it's how you reconnect, it's how you sort it out after that. And we, we're all dicks on different yeah. days. He's not special or more more dicky than the rest of us. He just was a dick that day and he's allowed to be. But how he fixed that is incredibly profound. And that's true leadership. That's true reconnection yes. humanity, eh? Hands down. And somebody in my household said, um, I think it was one of the kids said, oh, that's not very Christian of him. And then somebody else, I don't remember who, backed it up by saying, yeah, but he's human. He's a human Boom. first. And I was like, hmm, yeah. hell yeah. Yeah. Like that, that's true. Like we all have bad days. We all yeah. do things that we wish we could take back or, you know, and owning it. Yeah. That's mm. brave. That's courageous. All right. Let's talk about um, what happened in terms of like, well, I don't think we need to rehash it. People can listen to that, but around the jealousy and comparison that I experienced and then I like shared it with you. I think one of the things I'd really love us to talk about is the validation element. Okay. What do you think? Because mm -hmm. I mm -hmm. had conflicting ideas on that. And then we started kind of talking about it and we went down a couple of rabbit holes <laughs> with our ADHD it's brain in all these different directions. Yeah. So I think it would be really fun to talk about validation. But before we do that, let's introduce you and tell our listeners who you are. But of course, they should already know who you are because you are my, don't tell my other friends, my biggest friend experiment success story <laughs> i love all my friend experiments friends but you were on the podcast as and we talked about making friends as adults and the challenges of that and we shared our own um journey through you know making friends and connecting mm -hmm. and so forth and how you you and i connected through that friend experiment so you have been on the podcast before we have talked about that so people should know you but you are charlie I want to say emotional <laughs> strength and trauma coach, but I feel like you should introduce yourself because I don't know if that is your official title. Tell people all the things. I love that. I don't know what my official title is anymore either. <laughs> it's too many things, but we'll roll with that because that's on my socials, emotional strength and trauma coach. Um, yeah, that's that's primarily where it all began for me. And then it's just kind of broadened a little bit into, um, I do facilitation work and sort of speaking and running workshops and that sort of thing as well. So, but it all comes back to my passion and my love for people healing from shit, really, to put it mm. really bluntly. Mm. Um, we've all been through it. You can call it trauma um, because that's obviously the lens that I work through and trauma-informed practice, trauma-informed care, bringing awareness into corporate workspaces so that basically we can just do connecting with other people kinder, and with more mm -hmm. awareness and more intentionally. Mm. Yeah, that's a bit of a spiel. That's too much for a title, isn't it? <laughs> Good luck fitting that on a business card. But <laughs> that's today's title. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, but thank you for that. I also think like I'm always, um, what's the word? What's that? Is it admiring? Like, I don't know that that's the word. Maybe you can give me the word. But like admiring you and what it is that you do and – like you are incredibly well regarded in the 
in your industry in in trauma in coaching in i think mental health and well-being like you are shoulder tapped by some pretty big people you are recommended often you get calls out of the blue from very high up and i just want to acknowledge that publicly because mm. i'm pretty impressed with my friend and i want to say you. that so <laughs> what's the if word we in person we would have a hug right now yeah right like Aww. it's a hug moment but yeah, i'm going to publicly you. do that because i know very often we share that stuff between each other and i just want to publicly acknowledge that like you are doing some incredible work incredible work and yeah i just want to recognize that thank yeah, you i very just good received that i'm just letting it sink in because I think I've shared with you before, sometimes this work feels so lonely and so mm -hmm. isolating. And when I'm stuck in my head, it's hard. But yeah, when I share it and sharing sometimes is brave work too, you know, we've journeyed that together. Yeah. So I appreciate that you hear that and you hold that with me and then you call it out. Thank you. <laughs> Publicly. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. You're welcome. All right. Let's talk about validation because, um, yeah, I guess it was like a, one of the things I did right when I messaged you to say, hey, I'm feeling jealousy about some interaction you've had and comparing myself and this other person and all these things. And like, I just want to share that with you all. Like you offered, like that was a vulnerable thing to do and you offered validation. And I have a conflicting relationship with validation. So I'm keen to hear like your thoughts about validation. Let's just start there. Cool. Start there. I love it. Um, Validation is such it's such a deep personal one for me um, and it has a long history in my own upbringing, in my own life, um, which I think is why I do throw it around a lot in my work. Mm -hmm. But validation, I think a lot of people have that conflicting or like a misunderstanding about it simply because what we are taught to believe it is in society is different to what it actually is when it comes to ourself and how we love and honor and validate ourselves, as opposed to society and the conditioning that would say it's external, you earn it, it's instant, it's fleeting, so get more, get more. And if you think of, you know, the Facebook likes, the Instagram likes, the, the swiping on the Tinders or the dating apps, you know, the instant gratification of it all, we perceive that as validation. So the more we get, the better we are or the cooler we are or the more effective or influential we are. And yet you can actually still have zero validation going on inside of you. <laughs> mm. So I think that's the misunderstanding about it all is that people think it's this outside external visual thing mm -hmm. as opposed to when you're naked in the shower, when you're brushing your teeth at night, when you're going to sleep on your own at the end of the day, where is that validation truly, truly going to come from? Mm. And it's actually got to be an inside job. Yeah. And I think to speak to that, it's like the true validation that we actually need. And like you say, that is an inside job. So this is where it kind of gets conflicting and we'll unpack it. Like I, like, I was so grateful to hear from you that the, like, and when I say validation, it was like, oh, hey, like I do that too. I totally get it. Mm. Like I do that. I have experienced that with things you've posted or shared or talked about. Like I do that too. Like it was like the, you're not alone. You're not mm. the only one. 
Like, mm. this is normal. Like, that was the kind of validation that I got from it that was like so needed in that moment, which is, yeah, very different from like the external validation that we seek when like we make a post on Instagram and we want everyone to like it and comment on it. Like, mm. I don't think that so that from is hearing true you- validation because that's very superficial. Yeah. From hearing you say that immediate, my thoughts just now is Mm -hmm. that true validation to either give that validation to somebody else or to receive that validation from somebody else comes from a place of, um, you know, healthy relationship. And I specify healthy relationship because it's not the surface level, shallow friendships that you sit down and you compliment each other's hair. It's the you know what, something you posted really affected me. It's the safety, it's the trust, it's yes. the I see you, I'm, I'm the vulnerability of I'm willing to let you see me in this moment. So for you to share so bravely and so vulnerably and then for me to validate that the experience for you is really real. Yeah. It doesn't mean that what you perceived or assumed was necessarily real or not. That's irrelevant. And this is what I work with with my clients and they're coming in and they've got high trauma. What's happening in this present moment for you, for your body, for your mind, for your thoughts is real for you right now. We're validating that. Yeah. Yeah. It's irrelevant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The context of what brought it to there. We get to make this real and then we unpack it from there. Yeah, hands down. I love that. Totally agree with that and work with that as well. Like what you're feeling right now is real. Mm. And let's just like in my practice, in my coaching, it's like, yes, this emotion is real. It's happening. Like totally valid to have that. Now let's have a look at the thoughts around that, your experience of that, what you're making that mean, you know, Mm. how you got here, all of that. Like, let's just question all of that. Yeah. So I'm still like with this whole external validation, right? So society kind of, I think it's so much of it is our social conditioning and our upbringing where we are kind of praised for doing well in school, for getting the A, for kicking the goal in soccer, for, you know, winning the the prize, what have you. Like we get so much external validation and we very much feed off that because we're praised and encouraged and rewarded when we do well. So we want to do well. So I can see how that's a very conflicting message that we get. How do you think we, and we kind of started talking about this, how do you think we move from the external validation to the internal internal validation and why is that important? Yeah, that is, that's the question of the day, isn't it? I mean, I think like with so many other things as well, but specifically validation right now is that you've got to come to this place of almost unlearning before you can just switch into a brand new gear and think, oh, I don't want to do it that way. Now I'm going to do it this way. We have to kind of pause and and backtrack a little bit, like unlearn the conditioning Mm. or at least see it for what it is and not accept those bits before we can kind of build that energy to change and do something new so it's kind of like this pause in between does that make some sense in my head that makes it does yeah 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 I love that (laughs) it it does and um to kind of elaborate on that I think it's like I would I would say like self-awareness is like the first step like having the awareness that you are looking for external validation or you are you know 
really feeling like you need someone to tell you you've done a good job or, you know, you look amazing today versus mm. like, and, and, and I guess having the, when I say self-awareness, the awareness to know that you can do that for yourself. Hey, like, I'm really proud of you. You did really good today. Or, mm. you know, I'm, I think you look gorgeous today. Like you can do that yeah. for yourself. And I think a lot of us don't have the, haven't necessarily developed the self-awareness that's not necessarily a fair comment. Like some people perhaps don't have the awareness to be able to do that or to know that yeah. that's available to them. So I feel like self-awareness is the first step. It's more that it's about building mm. the self-awareness muscle, mm. isn't it? It's mm. about totally like any muscle needs building. It's getting comfortable in the uncomfortable. Mm. It's getting real with yourself. <laughs> yeah, It's yeah. the whole being able to call out your own shit. So if we take your example of you looking at my, was it a story post on Instagram and that instant thought you have of, oh my God, what, you know, how come she's doing that? And that jealousy that kicked in in that moment. But then that's where that beautiful pause comes in because then you've got to take the self-awareness to realize, oh, look at me, what I've just done. Look what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. We've got to load that self-awareness now with self-compassion mm -hmm. and be like, oh, okay. Hey, that's actually a default response. We've got to now notice, bring back that awareness and, you know, notice what's happening in our thoughts or in our body at that moment. And then then our pause is there to be, okay, so how do I want to reframe this? How do I want to do this differently? Actually, yes. I love Charlie and I'm actually really happy for Charlie. A, point B, I'm really curious about who that is she even shared, what's she been yes. up to? C, hey, why am I feeling, what is it in me that's actually so, what am I even jealous of? Yeah. You know, like, do I need yeah. to whip what's out a selfie on? of Charlie and post that on my story? Like, what's <laughs> going on for me that I, I don't, I've made up the story in my head. Um. So that's, that all happens in that pause. And then from there, we can go, okay, actually coming back to myself, look at the amazing things that I do. Look at yeah. the amazing impact I have in this world. Look at the profound clients' lives that I'm supporting and loving, you know, yes. look at the life I'm living. So it's yes. kind of like this step-by-step -step yes. process. It all happens yes. in a matter of a split second. Yeah. But allowing but even... that pause. Yeah, I think that that's beautiful. Pausing and allowing it to be a clunky process where you're like, you know, asking yourself questions. Hey, like, what is it that's triggered me here? Like, what is it that I'm upset by? Like, hang on a minute. Like, and asking all of those different questions and, and like looking at the different layers of it in doing that, you can give yourself the, the validation that you're needing or the reminder that you're needing to hear. Mm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Just thinking of that social media world now, though, like we're, when we are on it, it's so instantaneous and all consuming, right? Like you mm. and me have even discussed, we've had to put massive boundaries in place to even get it out of our lives and how it massively affects us. So people that are just living in this world of swipe, 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 story, 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 the kind of switching off from real life, the dissociation, the China escapism, the avoidance, it takes such a conscious effort and such intentionality to want to change how, how you're doing this. Mm. You know? I agree. Yeah, because yeah. it's our default setting to, to want external validation. And mm -hmm. I think external validation feeds into jealousy as well. What do you think? Say that again. Say that again. I think external validation when you're looking for other people to tell yes, you yes, you're yeah. doing great and, you know, all of these different mm. things, right? When you're seeking external validation, I think that feeds into the jealousy narrative even more. It fuel, it's fuel. It fuels. It's fuel for yeah, the fire. Fuels it. Absolutely. Yeah. Hands down. Yeah, it does. Yeah. It, mm. 
and it's almost like it's this toxic point like it's like half yeah it's yuck it's yucky yeah but the interesting thing is like I was just thinking about this I don't know that external validation is necessarily like I don't want to say it's a bad thing I think we can often use it against ourselves without realizing it when we become dependent on it that is let's say um like, like if I was to liken it to like sugar, right? Like I used to be like highly addicted to sugar, like having sugar every now and again, like is, is nice and enjoyable, right? Like getting validation every now and again, nice and enjoyable, like external validation. But when I was like fully addicted to it and dependent on it and needed it multiple times a day to get my fix, to be able to kind of function in life, that was a problem. Mm. And like anything, it's that balance, isn't it? Because validation is a part of the human experience therefore it's here to stay whether it's external internal or otherwise Mm. like it is a part of how we experience being human so it's beautiful and it has its place just as sugar does you know like it's a part of it all so yeah how do we harness it and kind of learn to use it well I think there's like I feel like there's a different type of validation though when we say to someone like you and I might say to each other or to one of our clients like hey like I see you and I totally you know I understand what you're going through and that looks really difficult and really hard and like I get it like that is like that is difficult like that is like that kind of validation is like seeing someone it's allowing someone to be seen and heard and witnessed is there another name for that Oh, I call it witnessing. Witnessing. And you just said witness. Yeah. I mean, it is. And I I use that skill a lot with my clients. It's to let them kind of just let let a person be. All of who you are is welcome here. Mm. Even on your dicky days, like the example. Yeah. Yeah. All of who you are is welcome. And your need for validation is welcome, including your desire to heal that part of you that needs the validation. Mm. So we're all made up of so many parts constantly on this freaking journey called life. So I totally agree with what you're saying. I think it's like, I think when you have someone witness your vulnerability and show you that you have been seen and heard, that is like a beautiful form of connection between two people like I think that that's what happened with this guy at the church is like I witnessed him in his vulnerable moment and Mm. like I I saw him and I heard him and I said hey like we all have bad days like I just really appreciate you coming over here to acknowledge it and to apologize I was like that actually means a lot and I I I think that that takes a lot to do that so I really appreciate that like Mm. and he was really thankful for that as well like I think that 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 kind of um that kind of validation creates connection between people mm. and makes someone feel what human <laughs> mm. it can Same. i think it can help remove Real. help to remove the shame mm. right like it's a, like that's kind of where I started going when I was like in that jealousy and comparison and sharing it with you is like, it's, I can kind of see myself wanting to shame myself for doing this and then hide from it. Mm. And I think when we can, 
you know, offer someone validation of, of like, I think it's more witnessing really, like where we can show them that we see them and we hear them and like, you know, we get this and we've been there and that kind of thing. When we can normalize their human experience, that, what was I just saying? I'm having an ADHD moment. That is, oh, that creates connection. I think that's what I was saying. Is that what I was yeah. saying? Yeah, it is. And I would love to add to this if that's okay, because my a lot of my background, I've worked with a lot of um, homelessness and street workers, as in sex workers. And interestingly, a lot of the conversation that comes out of there is that, you know, how many people walk past them on the street and just don't make that eye contact? And all it is that they're craving is actually to be seen as fully human, mm. to, to be looked at and smiled. As yes, you and I might yes. walk around, you know, go for a walk down the beach and someone walks past you and you make that eye contact and that little smile. And yet when we're walking down a main strip and there's, you know, kind of however many homeless people set up at, at different places down. And, and what do we do? We kind of look away. We hustle on by. We don't make that human eye-to-eye mm. contact. Yeah, and, and acknowledge moment, them. Yeah. Mm. And what does that moment do? And this is why, I mean, I loved my work experience there I was lucky to um, my children experienced it and that does change how we interact with people we see on the street now Um, and I have so much admiration for people that are still working in that kind of arena because they have this beautiful ability to literally see a homeless person is no different to me you are human I'm human yeah and to to sit and bring a coffee or to start a conversation or to Mm -hmm. say hey what do you need or to to just have these incredible it's like incredible conversations it doesn't even have to be that profound it's literally the basics of it's just some connecting with another human human connection like just just that yeah Yeah. I love that and I think where I was going when my my ADHD brain fog kicked in was like around the shame and that's where exactly where like I think there's a layer of shame to that in that like when we and I've been this person like when you walk down the street and you ignore the homeless person you know it is is it because you feel pity for them or shame for them? Like, is there some layer of shame in that? And being able to sit down with them and just have a conversation or even just acknowledge them, look at them, smile, make eye contact. You're seeing them as a human being and you are connecting. I feel like there's an element of shame kind of tied in. What are your thoughts? I didn't tie it in well, but I feel like there could be something there. Yeah, I think that's like a, a fully loaded question and subject all in its own right would be entirely deserving of a podcast on that particular thing. But um, is it is it a reflection of something inside of ourselves as well? Like what would be in it inside of us that makes us unable in that moment for whatever reason to make that human connection? What is that? Is I, it? Yeah, like I think that there's also like the judgment that we have towards those people. Like so often, like we judge them for for the situation that they're in, or or their choice of mm. of professional work, or or their their life. We we make judgment, and like I heard a friend say the other day, and I loved this. She said, you know. So often people say, I'm not going to give this homeless person money because they're just going to spend it on drugs and alcohol. Mm. And she said, so what? Like, if mm. that's what they need, mm-hmm. like, why, why, who are you to decide that they 
should or shouldn't have that. Like if mm. that helps them to take the edge off or escape or numb or feel human, we don't know, whatever it is. Like if, if, and we don't know that's what they're going to do, but if that is what they want to do with it, who are you to mm. judge? Mm-hmm. Like why yes. not help them to, to, to do whatever it is that they're going to do with their, just, just help them be a human. Mm, and I exactly. love that she said that because I think that so often we prejudge and make assumptions about these people and their lives and what they're going to do with any money or anything we give them. Like, and and yet, like you say, where is that coming from in us? Yeah, what is that and a reflection putting, of in us? Coming back to the shame question, like, are we putting shame on? those people so this is not even staying with the homelessness narrative this is staying with anyone I mean you see this in schools with the children that have less than or you see it in general society you see it in the in the boardroom with someone who doesn't Mm -hmm. have the same experiences Mm -hmm. as yourself yeah whatever pick Mm -hmm. a place you're going to have it is that Mm -hmm. us projecting shame that we believe they should have yes yes either projecting our own insecurities or shame that we have seen Mm -hmm throughout our socialization and our and our you know upbringing that yeah like we we perceive that they should have as a result of that of the the Mm. the situation or circumstance or what have you hands down Mm. yeah and who are we to judge that and who are we to Mm. place that that shame and project yeah project it that's the word project it but we do we teach this and we condition this from a from a again from a young age um you know, you're not trying hard enough. You're not doing enough. You're you're too loud. You're too much. Sit down. Like, how is it that we we put that shame, um, what's the word, blanket on people from such a young age that we're all conditioned into accepting some of those shameful narratives about ourselves, mm. and then we then carry that shame now as well. I mean, I'm a 37 year old woman, you know, and I'm still working through different shame stories that I. Mm-hmm have been lumped with over my lifetime. Yeah. yeah. And where did they come from? They come yeah. from so many places. Yes, they totally come from the family, um, you know, what's happening in the family and the upbringing, but it's such a societal issue as well. It's such mm-hmm. a schooling issue as well. Even take your church, you know, if people are lumped into religion, there's such a high level of performance needed or, um, you know, pledging your soul <laughs> needed mm-hmm. that, Anything that doesn't meet the bar gets yeah. shamed. Any, anything I think that is slightly different than the quote unquote normal, and I hate that mm. word, but whatevs, like anything perceived as different mm-hmm. is so often shamed. Mm-hmm. Like, mm. like I have been watching the kids here lately and the oldest one said the other day, um, Oh, I said, oh, what? how is this kid different? He was talking about this kid he's, he was hanging out with. I said, how is he different? He goes, I don't know. He's just really slow. He, he probably just has ADHD. I think that's what it is. And I was like, why does that make him slow? He's like, well, people with ADHD are slow. And I was like, oh, okay. I have ADHD. Am I slow? And he's like, oh, you have ADHD? I was like, okay. But anyway, it was just because it was just like a different label that he could give someone. And then just yesterday, the youngest one said, um, I can't remember exactly how he said it, but he's like, um, if you do that, you're gay. And I was like, oh, hang on a minute. 
Yeah. Oh, I had to like call my text. I was like, um, have you met my dad? You know Mark? Oh yeah, Mark is gay. Have you met his boyfriend, Jordy? Yeah, he's gay too. What is wrong with being gay? And this poor kid's seven. <laughs> so I'm trying to like not be angry and project my anger, but also be like, let's unpack that and explore what you're you're doing. But like he's seven years old being taught that anything remotely different, whether it's ADHD or it's being gay Mm or in anything at all, any form of difference should be shamed. -hmm. Yeah, shamed And and judged and judged labeled. and Yeah. bullied and Yeah. and and thrown around like an insult. And Yeah. like it starts so young. Yeah. But then And I mean, we he's seven, it starts even younger though, doesn't <laughs> it it? does. Yeah. But unfortunately, like we carry it on. Right. I think unless we take the time to do the work on ourselves, Yes. it's so easy for it just to Yeah. to carry on, even Yeah. even though we don't necessarily do it in the same way, we do it in different ways. Mm -hmm. And it comes back to what we were saying earlier, the intentionality, the self-awareness, the allowing space for pause, the self-compassion. So you're not going to now shame yourself for saying something dicky, okay, because you've actually got to navigate and love yourself through that. So don't then... pile on your own shame and self-judgment and think oh I'm such a nasty person I said gay or I judged that person or I didn't look at the homeless person no just get curious about yourself and allow that space for you to be like okay well this is what I've done I wonder where that's come from why has it been like that what could I actually do differently Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I love those two things. So it's curiosity and it's compassion. Like be curious and learn from yourself. Like, why did I do that? Where does that come from? Like, how does that show up in me in my life? Like, and like, instead of beating yourself up for it, which I think we're so can can kind of almost conditioned to do like it's just so easy to beat ourselves up and be hard on ourselves like being compassionate I think is the brave choice like choose Mm. Mm to -hmm. be compassionate with yourself I'll tell you what like to be compassionate is one thing to be compassionate to yourself that's it's fucking the hard kicker that's the one where everybody goes hold up <laughs> I can be compassionate to people on the street or to people yeah who are in pain or at the hospital mm-hmm or whatever but to go and look at yourself in the mirror and bring so much compassion into you Mm-hmm. that's that's courage Fuck yes, I agree. I think that that is one of the most courageous things we do. And it's so, it, it can be so hard. Like that mm is, -hmm. like, I would say that is one of the hardest things I do for myself and in teaching my clients, because it's, it's so easy to choose other things. And it, and it, it takes a long time, I think, for it to become more habitual. I have a whole module on self-compassion in my, I run that eight-week program Emerge and uh, I think it's like module number four or five and it's a whole session based to literally just self-compassion alone. And I tell you what, people who are in, you know, walk into that session and then walk out of that session are not the same people when they walk Yeah. out of that session, myself Oh, yeah. included. Because yes, I can sit here and teach it till the cows come home, but... this there's no one who's mastered it you know this Mm hmm is all a continuum mm for hmm all of us and for me to bring self-compassion into places that are very deep and vulnerable within myself I mean freaking heck we're all super superheroes at the end of the day Yeah. when we can give to ourselves what we so naturally give to others Yes. Oh my God. Yes. That reminds me. I just had this incredible client session and she was talking about 
all these beautiful, wonderful things that she's just done in the community to help someone who was in a very difficult situation. And she was talking about it and how proud of her community she was. And she like led this initiative and got all these people together. And, and it was amazing. And yet, like I kind of showed her all of her, her thoughts about that and how, how beautiful it felt. And I was like, and what if we turn some of that towards you and mm. your goals and yourself and yeah. the things that you're wanting to create and the way that you speak to yourself. And it was just like yeah. this whole light bulb went off and she was like, fuck, yeah, like, yeah. wow, I, okay. You know, That's but- so deeply profound, isn't it? And how many of us do? We just bypass yeah. it all and we give the credit yeah. all away. Yeah, mm. yeah. And I think I, I love that about our relationship too is like so often like we can help each other perhaps see when we're maybe being a little harsh or hard on ourselves and and offer that compassion Mm. I feel like that's one thing that we do like we we Mm. witness each other we can um I don't know that I've ever um I think you've probably helped me to like unshame some things I don't know if I've done that for you but like just you know we can do that for each other I think because we both have that level of self-awareness to be able to be less judgmental and curious and compassionate. Does that make sense? Mm. Did I make any sense just then? <laughs> it does make sense. One thing I find, because this is my whole life and my whole world, right? This this work that we do, this emotion-based work, this trauma lens work. And so a lot of the people in my life, like yourself and, and others, they're all kind of on this similar wavelength. And sometimes it takes a lot of extra effort for me to remember that this is new and profound learning for people. Mm. And with that, it takes time. It takes time to practice bringing in the self-compassion, to to actually acknowledge what that even feels like, to to have some self-compassion for yourself and to experience that, to realize you're going to have physical body responses to that. You're going to have thoughts. You're going to have self-judgment and be like, what am I doing? How does this feel? It's going to feel freaking uncomfortable and foreign. Yes. And that means you're doing it right. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Like to everyone out there listening, like you are doing it right when you are uncomfortable, you know, you're in the right direction. Um, and then, yeah, get get the right support in place too, though. You know, like if this is a really triggering journey for you, and it possibly is because of stuff you may have been through in your lifetime, then reach out to the people that are speaking this language. Reach out to the people that are slowing their life down and getting really intentional with how they show up for themselves. Reach out to the people that are um, recovering people pleasers. You know, they're so used to giving all their energy and the best part of themselves away and like surround yourself with the people who are choosing to take their power back in those types of situations because mm. it's not it's not easy and when we say it's not easy we actually mean it <laughs> yeah yeah but, <laughs> like it's actually really fucking hard yeah um yeah <laughs> yeah really fucking hard yeah and, and like we do this every day for like work like this is exactly. a big part of our yeah and it's still and we have each other hard. so we're lucky yes, we but... are lucky you know, but just I just this wanted, morning like, I sat there and cried actually just on my own in my own home not for a long time nothing traumatic but just this is really fucking hard mm. we just got to honor that eh? yeah hands down man hands down and I want to speak to the fact that I think like so many of 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 my listeners of the women out there who you know I think we both interact with like perfectionism is such a rife thing in society in general but 
like trying to get it perfect is not the goal here whatsoever. No. It's to do it messy and and fuck it up and and mm-hmm. just keep doing it. Like if you were to think about like riding a bike perfectly, I don't know of anyone who has ever ridden a bike perfectly straight mm-hmm. off the bat. Like that shit doesn't happen. It is practice. And that was a word you just used. It's like, you've got to practice it. You've got to keep coming back to it. Mm-hmm. Like practice, 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 and don't give up. Keep going. Mm-hmm. That's yep. it. Yeah. It's and realize be- that people are going to, your family are going to notice. They're going to be mm. like, what are you doing? What's those that new language you're doing? What do you mean you've got a boundary now? Like, mm. you know, things start to change in your life mm. and people notice it. And again, mm. that's not always the easy choice, but that's a whole other podcast because <laughs> when people notice, sometimes they make different choices. And and what we're talking about, right, is like, is I think, so, so, so much of the the self-help industry, right? Like we're talking about boundaries. We're talking about self-awareness and compassion and unshaming and being curious and, and kind to yourself and all of these different things. Like the self-help industry can get a bad rap. And this is something I said to you, I think before we hit record is like, it's not the cheesy section in the, in the bookstore. It's like adult development, Mm. right? It's like, Hey, you've, you've finished your learnings at, at, at school and at college or university, whatever, this is adult development. Like that's what we're talking about. Yep. And that's the internal journey, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Like this is, I think, and I think so much of this, let's just call it adult development and, and having these, you know, going down this road and getting these skills and being willing to learn a lot of this thing and, and op- open up to learning more about yourself and who you are. Like, I think that that creates more of a meaningful, fulfilling life. Mm. I do too, because at the end of the day, you get to be comfortable with you. And when Mm. you're really comfortable with you, you're no longer turning to the things that are screaming at you for instant gratification, for external validation, Mm -hmm. for escaping or avoiding or, Mm -hmm. you know, all the things that we do to suppress, to get away from the discomfort when we're truly comfortable now Mm. with who we are, when that validation comes from inside, the validation that says, "Um, I'm enough. I'm loved. I'm amazing. Who I am is phenomenal. And I'm on this earth right here and right now. Like when we're comfortable with that, that other stuff starts to fall away. Yeah. Hands down. Yeah. Okay. Tell tell all of our beautiful listeners where they can find you and how they can connect with you because they need to come and hang out with you. Cool. Well, I'm excited to say that my website is almost finished, but it's not there yet. So we'll keep holding out on that one. But if you follow my socials, then you'll see when that's announced. Um, On Facebook, you can find me at Emotional Strength and Trauma Coach. On Instagram, you can find me at at Emotional Strength underscore Trauma Coach. And I'm starting to love the LinkedIn journey. That was a love-hate to start off with. But anyway, Charlie McLaughlin, you can find me on LinkedIn as well if you are a bit more business-minded. Awesome. I will link all of those in the show notes to make it super easy for everyone to find as well. And thank you so much for coming on and having this conversation. I know that we could just keep going. Like We we will keep going. (laughs) (laughs) But we got to cut it off so that like people can get some of this goodness. Um, So thank you so much. Is there anything else you wanted to add that you feel like we haven't covered? No, I just love talking to you. And I love that we have these real, raw, deep, vulnerable conversations, like the Mm -hmm. real talk, the stuff that matters. Mm -hmm. And I just, I want to encourage other people to try that too. 
Mm. You know, find someone you can be real with. That takes time, like Zena and me, mm. eh? we've taken yep. that time, 18 months now to really build this. And it's intentional and yeah. it's it's okay that it paces itself, but it's beautiful. The end result is so beautiful. So yeah. thank you for having me and for being in this space and this friendship with me. Aww. Thank you. And I can't wait for us to record more episodes and bring more amazing things out into the world. Exciting. Okay. All right. Hey, if you enjoyed listening to this podcast, then you are going to love being coached by me. We are going to solve your specific challenges and set you up with the mindset tools that you need to have your own back and do brave shit in your life. Just head over to my website, xenajones.com to sign up.